You're listening to Becoming Fully Alive, hosted by Church of the Ascension in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Billy Daniel. And I'm Caroline Vogel. On today's episode, we're talking about another tool of aliveness, right? Yeah, it's called the Spiral Up Prayer. I'm feeling twisted already. <laughs> Hopefully it will make you feel untwisted. Oh. Grounded and centered. Fabulous. I can't wait. Stay tuned. Spiritus Knox is a center for spiritual practice and learning. We set up a rhythm of Sunday evening offerings all at 5 p.m. The first Sunday of the month is our book study. Second Sunday, breathing under the stained glass. Third Sunday, our monthly Celtic service. And fourth Sunday is Tools of Aliveness. You can learn more about all of these offerings at our website, spiritusnox.com. So we have another session on Tools of Aliveness. Yeah, so let's do just a second refresher on what is a tool of aliveness? What is a tool of aliveness? Yes. Like, why would we bother talking about a tool of aliveness? Well, what does it sound like to you when you hear that phrase, tool of aliveness? Well, what I hear and what I sense is that it is a practice, an opportunity to feel more alive. And... Alive how or through what? Alive how? Through what? Well, so for me, it's, um, it's really getting in touch with the spiritual. And I feel most alive. Oh, actually, that's a great question. I feel most alive. <laughs> I just <laughs> asked myself let, a great question. Let, let me, so so let, let's try it. How do you feel most alive, or when do you feel most alive? Tools that help me feel most alive <laughs> um, are things, I think, that open my heart, um, that clear my mind, and give me a more grounded and centered feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I do a spiritual practice and afterwards feel more like grounded in my center, really strong at my core, and have a lightness to my being, then I feel more alive. Yeah. So a tool of aliveness is a spiritual practice that centers us, grounds us, so that we experience ourselves as real living beings in the world? Yes. And I think that that aliveness, I don't want to lose track of, that aliveness really comes from our openness, our ability through the practice to connect with a loving God. Yeah. Or the breath of the Spirit or the light of Christ or all of the above. And when you say connect, are you thinking more along the lines of how we gain that awareness of that deep connection that we have? awareness. I mean, that's a little bit of a heady word. So when I think about a spiritual practice connecting us with God, Mm -hmm. I'm mindful that we're already connected with God, 
And I think about spiritual practices as opening us to a deeper awareness, realization, so that we sense, know, feel, experience that deep connection that we have with God. So the spiritual practice doesn't affect that connection. Right. It simply orients us to it. Yeah, and I might say it opens us more to it. Yeah. Right. So the tool of aliveness that we're going to talk about today is there's lots of different practices out there that can help clear the clutter Mm. um, or help open the heart. Um, But all of us experience like buildup. Right where it's like like, e- like plaque buildup on our teeth. Yeah, a little bit like that kind <laughs> of. Um, and I think of it sometimes. I've written about this is like if if our vesselhood is kind of like a stained glass, mm. and the glass gets kind of dirty. Yeah. You know, and so, sometimes daily for me, I have to intentionally like clean the paints mm. so that the light of Christ can shine more brightly yeah. through me. Yeah. No, I think that makes complete sense. And so this spiral up prayer that yes. we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So tell us how it came to be, you know, what what is a spiral up prayer? I mean, it sounds fascinating. Okay, so the spiral up prayer came about through um, some work I did with, um, there is a researcher out in California. Her name is Laurel Mellon, Mm -hmm. and she is a health psychologist. She actually started off in nutrition, and she's been doing research for over 30 years on stress resiliency, Mm -hmm. and it's really fascinating, and and her research is really um, compelling, um, in my opinion, And, and the long and the short of it is she says, you know, when, when all of us human beings, we experience stress, and when we do, it releases certain chemicals in our body. Yeah. And so since those chemicals are already there, why not utilize them mm-hmm. to, to re, uh, redo the, pathway, the neurological pathways in the brain for resiliency, Yeah. right? So we experience stress, which depending on the level of stress sends us into fight, flight, freeze if we get really stressed. Sure. So those chemicals are coursing through our body. And so she created tools to harness those chemicals Hmm. and to be able to spiral up. Because oftentimes when we experience stress, we do feel like we're spiraling down. Sure. Right? I mean, we get we get more and more um, um, constricted and tense and tend, our bodies can tend to like pull inwards and... Yeah, sort of contorted. Contorted, yes. And that's all very real. It's, it's, it's happening. It happens. There's lots of really good biological reasons. Our body, our brain is just trying to keep us alive. Mm. It doesn't care about, uh, at that point, about our happiness or sense of joy or any of the, of the fruits of the Spirit or our connection to a loving God. Yeah. At that point, it's just all about staying alive, keeping the body breathing and the heart um, beating. That's it. And so 
I really think she was quite inspire, inspired, uh, Laurel, um, to come up with these tools, these techniques to work with what's happening in our bodies uh, to rewire for resiliency. Yeah, so to channel it rather than just kind of try to suppress it and be um, sort of taken over by it. Right, right. I mean, and mindfulness, I mean, is is tremendously helpful in that ability, that that kind of first level of, oh, I'm stressed, mm-hmm. right? Instead of completely being taken over and taken down by it, there is some awareness of, oh, um, I, I'm... I'm going into fight or I'm, I'm fleeing or I'm freezing right now. Um, but then what do you do? Right. Instead of like just being with it, being with it, being with it, Laurel says there's actually something you can do with it Mm -hmm. to, um, like I said, to, to rewire the brain and to spiral up. Yeah. Which is good news for most of us, right? I I think it's good news for all (laughs) of us. Really. I can't think of anybody I know who doesn't need it on some level. Yeah. Because that, when that anxiety sets in, it can be so debilitating that oftentimes if I'm not even aware that I'm stressed, mm-hmm. it's just kind of happening. Right. And I'm it, I'm locating something in another person or an object or an event, and I'm not dealing with what's happening within me. So I'm not I'm not aware of that. And and so that first step is just kind of Oh, this is happening in me. Right. It's not just outside of me. But then to be able to do something about it, I'm not sure. I'm not sure many of us, aside from trying to fix or solve whatever's going on. So, like you say, fight, flight, or freeze. If I can get away from this person, if I can just right. um, get away from that event, or just kind of put it behind me, right? Which is all fleeing behavior. All fleeing behavior, rather than actually working through what's happening within me. Yeah. So that if I do need to move away from whatever's happening. I can do it in a healthy way that's that's good for me and whatever's going on. Exactly. Not because I'm terrified. Right. So you respond rather than react. Yeah, which is crucial. And and it's so foreign to so many of us um, because genuinely our brain is saying, just get out of there or mm-hmm. get away from this person. And that person, the situation has become a lion and your brain is saying they are going to eat you alive. So why wouldn't you try to, to, to get out of there? Um, and the reality is, is that so much of what's driving that is our perception. Mm -hmm. Um, and so how can we work with, okay, that's not actually a tiger in front of me, even though my brain is telling me that it is. It really feels like a tiger. It feels like it. And that's real. Like, we're yeah. not trying to undermine yeah. that real felt sense. That is very real. But the question is, how do I work with it in a way so that it's not making decisions for me? Yeah. And so um, we can get into the spiral up prayer, but it sounds like the spiral up prayer is, is helping us alter how we perceive whatever's happening. Yes. Um, 
alter whatever's happening within us. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, and one more thing I want to say, because I think this is a foundational piece of Laurel's work, is so her work is is called emotional brain training mm. or EBT for short. And um, it's fa- she breaks it down into five brain states. And the brain state is really dependent on where is the connection between the emotional brain and the thinking brain mm. at any given time and our ability to assess that. Yeah. So brain state one, would be my emotional brain and thinking brain are so online together that they're dancing swimmingly, so much so that I have a little bit of a glow about me. Yeah. So that is where we would have optimum ability to relate to other people in a way where we are relating, we're responding rather than reacting. Mm. There's optimum creativity and joy and just you feel like you're in the flow of God's goodness. Yeah, sounds like a good place to be. It's an amazing place to be. Um, brain state two is the emotional brain and thinking brain are online together, but they're not so groovy that they're dancing together. Um, and they're still checking each other out. You, well, I mean, and they, they, they're still they're dancing. They're just not glowing. You know, mm. it's not it's not seamless. And then brain state three is really the tipping point. Mm. So brain state three is when the emotional brain and thinking brain start to separate from each other, Mm. but just slightly, or maybe they're like thinking about separating from each other. Um, And this is when we're most likely to turn to an external resource. Mm. So this is when I am most likely to say, hmm, those chips look really good over there. Um, or, hmm, I find myself thinking about the ice cream that I bought at the grocery store yesterday. You're looking for a distraction. Well, it's not a distraction so much as it is looking for a way to alter my brain state using something oh, okay. outside myself. Gotcha. Right? So, like, a, this is when a smoker would reach for a cigarette. Yes. This is when people who love to shop online find themselves shopping online. Mm. Um, without even really being aware of, why am I doing this? Well, yeah. it may be that something's going on inside. You're not paying attention to it instead of paying attention to it, being mindful and, and working with your internal resources. You just choose to reach for an external resource. So I'm, I'm stressed at work one day mm-hmm. and suddenly I, I jump on Amazon and I start looking for those shoes that I didn't know I wanted. Yes, that's it. And you're and probably at a brain state three. Probably brain state three, and and maybe, I mean that that's such a healthy thing just to name because we've all done that oh. in, in one in one form or another, if not multiple times a day every day. Right, and so if I if I am jumping online, going for that uh, stimulant, I can stop and go, oh what. What's the energy behind this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So brain state four is the thinking brain and emotional brain are, they've disconnected from each other. Mm. Um, What's beautiful about brain state four is it's where you have the optimum ability to rewire the circuitry in your brain. So instead of being stressed out and being like, oh God, this is awful. I hate feeling this way, which I mean, we all, we all do. Um, But you're going, oh, this is a great opportunity to rewire my brain um, using um, the, you know, a particular tool, which the spiral up prayer is based on that tool for brain state four. 
brain state five is when you're in full on panic. Like yeah. you're full on, like totally overwhelmed, full on fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. There's not enough uh, connection between emotional brain, thinking brain to work with it. Mm. Um, so, and that has a particular tool too. So, so Laurel created a tool for each of the brain states mm. um, to be able to work with uh, wherever you are. It's mm. just a matter of being able to, um, to check in with yourself and um, know what your brain state is and then use that tool. Yeah, it sounds super helpful. Yeah, so let's do a little check-in first. Let's just try it. And uh, everybody listening can try too. Um, if they're driving, please keep your eyes open and on the road. Um, but okay, so you just want to be mindful of sitting in your seat. Yeah. Sitting. Sitting in your seat. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. And then you want to close your eyes unless you're driving. Drawing your attention to your inner landscape. Stretch through your spine to create a nice long back. And then rotate your shoulders back couple times just small circles or big circles and when that feels complete just leaving the shoulders in a back position which creates a little bit of an opening through the chest so you have this nice long spine open chest and this is what Laurel calls body at one so this is the the body posture we take to even emulate brain state one chin slightly up and now slow the breathing down for just a moment. So just elongate your inhale and your exhale. Just taking a couple deep cleansing breaths, allowing yourself to ground in this present moment, aware of your body. And then it's like you take a little bit of particle from you and you let it jump up over your head so you can observe yourself. Kind of like in a dream when you're both in the dream and you're also observing like that. So you can see yourself observing yourself with a sense of warmth and kindness. And maybe with a playful curiosity, you just ask yourself, where am I right now? What's my brain state? Am I at one? Just really emotional brain, thinking brain, fully connected, I'm in the flow, brain state two, brain state three, a cookie or chip sounds really good right now, brain state four, whew, I'm feeling pretty stressed, but I think I could work with it, or brain state five, like, whoa, I am full on fight, flight, freeze. No judgment, because whatever it is, we can work with it. And so just taking the wisdom of the body, allowing that awareness, that inner knowing to bubble up to the brain and just get a sense of where you are. Do you have a sense of what your brain state is right now? I'll say I'm rather calm after doing this. Yeah. The checking in can be like stabilizing in and of itself. Yeah. I would I would venture to say I'm somewhere about two. About two, yeah. yeah. That that yeah that sounds right. So, so what's wonderful again is wherever you are, whatever number you check in, 
there's a tool to work with. And you might think, well, what do I need to work with if I'm at one or two? But think about the opportunity to expand your feeling of brain state two and brain state one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just that couple of minutes. I mean, the, the calming effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's, it's just radiating through. Right. I mean, and think about that. I mean, we don't ever stop in our normal lives to even check in with ourselves to even ask her, well, wh- where am I? Yeah. You know, is my emotional brain and thinking brain connected right now? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not one to sort of, uh, put a particle of myself above myself to look at myself. It, yeah, <laughs> it sounded a little different. strange when you, sure. when you walked me through that. And when I did it, it, it was a helpful way for me to actually notice mm-hmm. where I am. Right. Yeah. So I think that is a tool in and of itself is checking in. Yeah. Right. Brain. I mean, uh, your body at one nice long back, open Mm -hmm. chest, chin slightly up, slowing the breathing down just for a couple breaths, warmly observing yourself and just inquiring kindly, playfully. Yeah. Where am I? Without judgment. Without judgment. Yeah. No. And it, cause it's so easy to be like, Oh, I want to be at a higher brain state. Um, but, but every brain state is an opportunity. And, and what it feels like is just taking that moment. I mean, really it was two minutes, right? Even taking that moment, not trying to increase my brain state mm-hmm. increases it. Right. That's what it feels like. It's the intention. Yeah. Even having the intention. And you can do that check-in in 30 seconds. You don't even need two minutes. It, it's funny, you know, this, and not to get sidetracked here, but it, it draws me back to centering prayer. Mm. Because centering prayer is focusing not on the attention, but on the intention. Right. And that's what this seems to be helping us do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So... You know, we could talk about all the, all the different tools for each brain state, but we're just going to talk about the spiral up prayer today. So excited. Yeah. Okay. So you want to just jump in there? I do. Okay. So I've given you a little bit of the foundation of Laurel's. um, um, So it's like, okay, so how did I learn about Laurel Mm -hmm. over here in East Tennessee? Well, I heard about Laurel's work through a friend who just raved about emotional brain training EBT. She was like, Caroline, I think you're going to love it. I've loved it. It's helped me so much. And so I was like, okay. I mean, I always love trying new things, new <laughs> spiritual practices. And so I jumped in and um, I've been using these tools for, I started, I think it was the February before the pandemic hit. So just as the pandemic was hitting. So what was that? 2019. 2019. Yeah. Is that right? 2019? Well, 2020 was when we were hot and heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somewhere in there. Um, That's COVID-19. Right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just just wanted to point Thanks. that out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was about then. And... Um, they have uh, master trainers who are EBT, who've been doing it for years and years and years, and they are f- so fabulous. Mm. 
and they offer weekly uh, groups where you just, you don't even use Zoom. You just use your phone and mm. jump in for a what they call a telegroup. Mm. And uh, they also offer uh, what's called intensives and it's 30 days and every single day at the same time you jump on a call. I mean, that's that's a spiritual practice in and of itself. It's a huge spiritual practice. Sounds and, monastic. Oh, there was something a bit monastic about it, actually. Every single day at the same Every time. Every single day at the same time and the same voices with the same... Um, the same trainer. Was there any chanting involved? There was no chanting oh, involved, okay. no. Um, but we would do, what, just like what I did uh, with you for a moment, was that checking in and everybody shares their brain state. Mm. And, um, and then usually what happens is we do, some, we do work. Yeah. Um, we use the tools together. And it's amazing, even listening to someone else mm. use the tools sends your brain around the track a couple times too. Um, and, and it's so amazing to me um, that felt sense of, because I, um, I still connect with one of my EBT um, friends almost every single day. Hmm. And um, as she does work, I can feel my brain spiraling up. Wow. Um, even if we, if, you know, for whatever reason, we don't have time for to both do work, I always get a benefit just listening to her work. Yeah. Yeah. So it, at some point, um, Laurel and I were in conversation and, um, she knows I'm Episcopal priest and, um, a real lover of spiritual practice and yeah. a spiritual director. And we were talking about how, um, any of these tools really could be used as a way to converse with God. Mm -hmm. um, and so the spiral up prayer is the brain state four tool. Um, it's the feel better tool. There's actually three tools for brain state four. This is one of them, the feel better tool. And in its I've come to think of it as a way to tell God exactly what's on your heart mm. in a particular situation. Yeah. And um, instead of uh, just feeling like I'm doing this cycle um, by myself or kind of, you know, in my own head, in my own being, that I'm just kind of like David in the Psalms, I'm just blah, letting it all out there and telling God all about the situation that's stressing me out the most. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing to do. It's a really great thing to do. So just unloading on God. Yeah, unloading. I mean, and, and here's what I love is that you can complain as much as you want to. <laughs> as much as you want to. You just get it out. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. Okay. So, so then I'm going to just take you through it. Let's go. Okay. So you, you start complaining. The situation is. So let me just say this. With the tool, there's a lead-in, and it's always the same eight emotions that you're going to go through. You always do them in the same sequence, um, and that is that is based on the research, and um, so you don't want to mess with that. Um, so you start with the situation is, and then you just all the things that are weighing on your heart. In that this, situation. In that particular situation. Yeah. Yes. And then, and then you take a deep breath, you settle into your body, and then you ask yourself, 
what I'm most stressed about is. And then you see what bubbles up from the body. Mm. So oftentimes we get so heady in our situations, right? And we're trying to think it and we end up overthinking it and we get really vigilant and hypervigilant. And that's when we're trying to solve something. Right, right. We're not trying to solve something in a heady way through this spiral up prayer. Um, We're going to stay really connected to the body. The breath can help us to stay connected to the body and the wisdom of the body. So like I said, you take a deep breath, you settle into your body on the out breath, and then you just let the wisdom of your body bubble up. What I'm most stressed about is, and when you may realize is there's actually like 10 or 15 things about this situation that are stressing me out the most. Mm. You have to choose one. One. Just one aspect. You can do... You can do this prayer 15, 16, 17 more times. For each one. For each one. Yeah. Totally. But choose one. Hmm. Choose one. Okay? And so you name it very succinctly. What I'm most stressed out about is whatever. Okay. Deep breath. Settle into your body. And then when you are ready, you just rip into red hot anger. Hmm. I feel angry that. We get to be angry. We get to be angry. Mm. So anger is the only emotion that has, only negative emotion that has agency with it. Interesting. Right. So we want to harness that agency. We want the anger to be a a true protest, right, of the situation. So it's probably best to use an example. Okay. Go for it. So. Don't pick on me. The situation is, I won't. (laughs) Um, okay. It's so easy to do something around parenting. So the situation is, uh, one of my sons is always late getting into the car and it drives me nuts. And, uh, it's always like verging on feeling like my younger son's going to be late for school too. I feel like he's lost something when this happens. He always is losing something or his alarm didn't go off. I mean, there's always a million reasons. Okay. So then deep breath. What I'm most stressed about is it's not changing. Like every day it's something <laughs> else. But the pattern at the root is not changing. Yeah, he's still the same boy. Well, he's yeah. the same boy doing the same thing, right? Okay, so what I'm most stressed about is it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then deep breath. And then I just rip into anger, and this is my favorite part. I feel <laughs> angry that he's always like getting in the car. I can't stand it that his behavior is not changing. I hate it. 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 And then you just keep protesting until you can feel that anger just rip so far that you get in touch with organic sadness. Because mm. that's usually what's underneath the anger. Huh. Right. So then you stay with the felt sense of the body. You let yourself feel the sadness, which oftentimes that's why we'd go to an external resources because we don't want to feel the sadness. So we feel the sadness. We stay with it. We breathe into it. You may even ask yourself, where can I feel the, the sadness most in my body? And then in that place you say, oh, what I'm most, um, I feel sad that I, I feel sad that I experienced that this is how I start my morning every morning, oh. right? Feel the sadness. Then sadness will turn at some point organically to afraid, to fear. Hmm. And then when it does, you go, 
I feel afraid that I, you need to stay with I, otherwise it's so easy to make it about somebody else. This yeah, is your yeah. internal process and experience. I feel, I feel afraid that I, I'm going to keep feeling this way and the resentment is going to blow up mm, and fester yeah. and fester and become really disgusting, nasty. Ugh. I can feel that in my body. I breathe with it. You can feel that pimple growing within. (laughs) And so then you breathe through it. You don't make it go away. You stay with it with compassion. And then it will turn to guilt. Okay, so Mm. this one, it's not shame. It's guilt. Mm. I feel guilty that I... Another way to say this is, okay, I've got a little bit of power here. Mm. Why haven't I just put my foot down? And... And left him at home. And left him at home or taken his <laughs> phone away or made a consequence that was, you know, recognizable Yeah. to help change the behavior, right? So then it's like, oh. And so then you start to notice, oh, I do have a little bit of agency. I got a little power in here. Hmm. And so you notice, you just notice even the slightest little glimmer of shift in your body. Again, you're staying out of your head, a little bit of shift in the body. And then you flip to the other side and you go... On the other hand, I feel so grateful that I'm not swimming in this all day and I'm doing a cycle on this. Mm. I feel happy that I do shake it off pretty easily and end up feeling lovingly towards my son before he gets out of school, <laughs> out, out of out of the car to go to school. I feel secure that I, and on this one, I always put my hand over my heart. Deep breath. I feel secure that I love my son dearly and I want to have good mornings with him. Yeah. And the last is I feel proud. I feel proud that I am taking the time to process my feelings and, um, and getting clear on what I need to do. Hmm. Yeah. So that's it. That's the prayer. And then if you want to, you can tack on a little bit extra called the, excuse me, the take action tool. Hmm. And so then the take action tool is just this. Given all these feelings, given all these feelings, I expect myself to do the best I can to uh, process my own feelings when I get in the car in the morning Hmm. before saying anything to him. And I also expect myself to come up with a consequence if I'm really that tired of it. Yeah. Right? And then it goes, my positive, powerful thought is, and I like to say to myself, oh, what I hear God saying to me is, which I love that question. (laughs) What I hear God saying to me is, um, I want goodness for you in the morning. Figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And then the question is the essential pain, naming the essential pain. So like, what is the essential pain I have to face in order to keep processing my feelings and to figure out a consequence that would shift the behavior? The essential pain I have to face is that takes some work. And yeah. I don't really want to do that work in the morning, right? I just want him <laughs> to change. I don't want to have to like do the work. Go through this cycle every morning. Yeah. I don't want to have to do that. Um, but my earned reward, um, and and there's there's seven different rewards or come up with your own. Um, but is integrity, like mm. doing the right thing. 
like yeah. using the power that I do have, the agency, the goodness I have in my being to make healthy choices and to create a, a greater sense of intimacy with my son. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's it. That's the four tool. And <laughs> that is the spiral up prayer. And again, all of it can be in the context of talking to God about it. Mm. Um, and you may even, there's, there's times when I've done this as a, I do it all the time. I use this tool every single day, mm. um, usually multiple times a day, depending on what's <laughs> going on. And um, I don't always do it as a prayer. When I do it as a prayer, though, very intentionally, um, it does tend to make me more tender. Mm. Um, it, there is something about remembering, oh, God does care yeah. what's burdening my heart. Mm. God really is has a vested interest in me clearing this mm-hmm. so that I can move forward in a healthy way. Yeah, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. Wow. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it sounds, it sounds incredibly helpful. Yeah. And I wonder if you can just... Um, in a succinct way, just rehearse those steps for everyone. Right. I mean, you, you did it and you elaborated masterfully, but maybe just kind of name the different steps. So anger. Right, right, right. So first it's the situation is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's what I'm most stressed about in this situation is. Mm. What I'm most stressed about is, and you have to choose one thing. Yeah. And with that one thing, then you rip into the cycle. Mm. I feel angry that. Yeah. And you can and you, you can stomp your feet on the ground and rawr, mm-hmm. like really let your body be in it. And then I feel sad that I mm-hmm. I feel afraid that I mm-hmm. I feel guilty that I and then notice for the sh- any shift in your body. And if if there genuinely is no shift in the body, start over again. If you can find even just a glimmer of like, ooh, yep, okay, I can feel the, the stress shifting even just a tiny bit. On the other hand, I feel grateful that, I feel happy that, I feel secure that, I feel proud that. Mm. And then the take action tool, okay, given all those feelings, I expect myself to do the best I can to whatever it is. Yeah. What I hear God saying to me is, by way of encouragement, is mm. the essential pain I have to face, and then um, I earned reward, mm. right? And what I love about the earned rewards is, I mean, we we don't talk about this in emotional brain training, but I can't help not talk about it um, because of who I am. Is th- those are oftentimes fruits of the spirit? Yeah. Right, like where it takes me, being able to clear the clutter, to clear the toxicity that's building up in my being mm. through my emotion, is is that if I if I can clear it, there is some fruit of the spirit that's just waiting, yeah, just waiting to be received more fully, to be discovered, um, to be lived into. Well, I mean, just just going through that whole cycle, I mean, it is a, we think of all the sort of stressful moments in our life and how disabling they are. Yes. And going through this cycle, every turn, 
is about enabling. Yes. And so even even the angry part, it's be angry. Oh, be angry. And 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 enabling us to be angry in a healthy way so that we continue to move. And then we get to that eventually to gratitude, happiness, and what am I gonna do? Well, I mean, Jesus got angry. You know, yeah. I could not be angry for the longest time. I mean, year I spent years of my life. I mean, I think I probably was angry, but I didn't feel anger. Yeah. And so this has been a real spiritual practice in and of itself for me mm. to feel angry yeah. about something or towards someone. I mean, that used to feel so threatening to feel angry towards someone. Yeah, and and you know, all throughout the scriptures that it, it comes up a few different occasions where it's be angry, but do not sin. Yes. And, and I think of this as giving, giving us permission to be angry and the, the tools we need to be angry without devolving into some kind of hurtful act. Exactly. Or swimming in it long enough that it becomes toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But staying with the anger long enough for it to give you the gift. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I mean, emotions get such a bad rap. I mean, people are always, you know, feelings, blah, whatever. But feelings, as a deeply feeling person myself, I've come to see that feelings are a tremendous gift. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to know, like, who we are or um, how we are in relationship with people without any indication of our feelings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, they're a tremendous gift to us. What's hard is when they become so big that they take over. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to harness them in a way where we get to the gift of them yeah, rather than because they really do point the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a helpful tool. I think so. What 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 fascinates me, and again, we don't we don't need to go into this, but um, I've I brought him up before, um, Simeon, the new theologian from the tenth century. So he talks about the spiritual life beginning with anger. Oh. And and I've always found that fascinating, and it makes me wonder if he had tapped into what you're talking about in his own way. Right. He never talked about the spiral up prayer. Mm-hmm. That that that's yours. And it's it's laurels. It's laurels. She says it's mine, but I say it's hers. Yeah. Well, but there's something about letting letting ourselves be human enough mm-hmm. to experience those deep emotions and work through them intentionally so that they don't disable but enable. That's what I hear you saying. Yes. And I think that's what Simeon is naming in the 10th century, that if we just keep avoiding our humanness, mm-hmm. then then we will we will never become fully human. Right. Much less fully alive. Right. Right. And and there was something, you know, this this whole building aspect of this tool that if if we were to practice this with all the different things that come at us in life, you know, you you named this early um, with with the work that Laurel has been doing it's it's building resiliency Mm -hmm. and and hopefully ideally we're 
we're constantly doing things that enable us to become resilient Christians. Yes. You know, so that so that we get to live into and inhabit this life of faith in ways that really do permeate the the our surroundings, the culture around us, so that our own healing that we're working through is actually a source of healing and strength for others. Right. Because, you know, it, there's so many ways to think about how the Spirit is working in and through us and how a tool like this, how a prayer like this helps us to better access um, the the essence of the Spirit moving through us. Yeah. Right? Like, so sometimes, like, when we think about we feel a nudge, Mm -hmm. or um, something keeps bubbling up, or I I keep feeling like I have this intuition about something, but I don't know what it is. This prayer can be an amazing prayer, just taking it to God and saying, the situation is I keep having this thing bubble up. I have no idea what it is, and I can't, I mean, I cannot figure it out. It's driving me crazy, (laughs) right? And what I'm most stressed about is I can't figure it out, Yeah. right? And then you rip through it rip through it in relationship to God. Yeah. Right? It's almost like you're doing this dueling thing where God is the container and you're just saying, listen, I think you're trying to show me something. Mm-hmm. You know, as a spiritual director, I have people share things like this with me all the time. Yeah. And being able to use this tool with them mm. is just a tremendous gift because all of a sudden, then it, you know, stuff starts to fall away and the essence of what the spirit is trying to breathe through becomes clear. Yeah. Not always with the first not always with the first time, but certainly through through practice it does. Yeah, and something tells me that this is not a one and done sort of tool. No. Although sometimes it is. It's mm. it's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, what what I'm what I'm thinking about though is a tool like this lends itself to routine practice regardless of situation. Mhm. More so, or or I guess I should say, more than just for whatever you're working through at the time. That's right. Yeah, because what I what I see happening, what I hear you saying, is practicing this tool and this kind of building resiliency through the practice. When I work through a situation, event, connection with a person. And I go through these steps and I find I find my way through using the tool, there's there's a um, there's a change, there's a transformation in me mm-hmm. that releases from that stress in such a way that I can I can make use of the energy. Yes. And and then over time, that energy keeps building up in a really positive way instead of a detrimental way. Right. So that there's likely to be times when I face something. Mm-hmm. And rather than having to go through the steps, you know, sit down deliberately, okay, let me go through each one, I kind of cycle through them quickly in a way that I don't even realize I've done. That's exactly right. And, and I'm able to move more swiftly into gratitude, into happiness, uh, without being disabled by the situation. That's right. So the resiliency pathways become stronger and stronger as 
as you build the pathway so much so that just like what you're saying happens is that I'm in a situation and instead of spiraling down, what I've trained my brain to do is what is there to be grateful for in this situation? What am I happy about in this situation? Even situations that are really hard. Mm -hmm. What do I feel secure about? I love that one, secure. I always place my hand on my heart and deep (laughs) breath because my security usually has something to do with God. Yeah. You know, usually my security is I feel secure that God is with me. I'm not alone. That the spirit's breathing through this situation, even if I can't see it in this moment. Like there's, there's a deep sense of security that usually comes from my faith. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. There's so many things I think we could keep talking about in this regard. I mean, I think of Bernard of Clairvaux's metaphor of the reservoir and how these kinds of practices grow our reservoir to saturate the landscape. Mm-hmm. I think we need to come back to that in relation to this tool and really relative to tools of aliveness in general. But this has been super helpful. Mm. Well, I think it can be incredibly helpful for us individually. And I can say from my personal experience, it helps tremendously. There is such a wonderful ripple effect into all my relationships. Yeah. And like you're saying too, just the commitment to being part of the resiliency, part of the um, goodness and allowing the goodness to flow through me and not to get caught and bound up in, in within my being, it, it does help shift the landscape. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is part one of a two-part episode. Sounds good to me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Becoming Fully Alive. We invite you to join us for conversations just like this one every Sunday morning at 9.15 and for our regular services of worship on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to learn more about emotional brain training, you can go to their website, www.ebtconnect.net. You can also download their free app called Spiral Up. I hope you enjoy that. If you're in the Knoxville area, you are welcome to join us this Sunday, October 23rd at 5 p.m. Like we said, we're doing a Tools of Aliveness, and the tool will be the Spiral Up Prayer, as we've discussed. It's going to be a lot of fun, so we hope you can come. And next Sunday, October the 30th, we have a fun event for the whole family. It's our annual Boo Bash. So if you have young children or if you are a child at heart, please join us at 5.30 p.m. for an outdoor service for just a few minutes, and then we will move into the main church for a service of prayer, followed by fun, food, and activities for the whole family, especially geared toward elementary children. Be sure to come in costume. That'll be fun. Totally. Totally.